Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello and welcome back to episode 16. Today I'm chatting to Kat Byrne of Gatto Web. Kat creates beautiful branding and web design and we chat about coding, starting a podcast and what it takes to create a cohesive brand. Kat has recently launched a project called DIY Design School where she teaches uh, the basics of uh, branding and design, uh, including some coding actually. So um, if you'd like to sign up to that, you can find that on Kat's website. I won't keep you any longer, let's jump straight in. Hi Kat, how are you? Hi, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. It's a little bit windy out there today with like 50 mile an hour winds, but apart from that, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, we've got a, a storm brewing, haven't we, at the moment? I think so, I think we have. So for those who don't know you, would you like to um, introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm Kat and I am the branding and web designer behind Gatto or Gatto Web. Um, and I basically help creative women to build on their existing brand and business um, by creating really unique and personal branding and website designs. Um, So I work really closely with people like yourself and people who are like me um, on a sort of design basis to really bring them forward in their business. Mm. And I've just picked up on something. So you've mentioned you only work with women, is that right? Um, it's, it's not a rule, but it mm-hmm. seems to have just been the way that that has happened over the past few years. I, I haven't worked with men for a while. Um, it's, like I say, not a rule, but I do love working alongside women. I love collaborating with women. I think it's a really nice um, sort of atmosphere to work in. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, it's, it's probably a preference. And also just the way it seems to happen. We have such a huge community of, of creative women to be involved in. Um but yeah, that seems to be where my focus has been drawn to over the past couple of years. So when I say sort of creating designs for people's business, um, part of that is creating things for attracting your ideal customer. And I guess what I do is attract as many creative women as possible. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So when did you first start your business and what did that look like? What was your kind of journey from finishing school to now? Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) The business initially started about four and a half years ago as a side hustle or whatever you want to call it, um, which kind of brewed from, I guess, a cumulative, like a few hobbies that I had from school. So I've always been quite creative, um, but I took a more academic route and did maths at university, um, which people are always really shocked at (laughs) considering what I do now. Um, But alongside that, because I was quite creative, I always had hobbies like photography, um, designing. I taught myself how to code when I was younger. Oh, wow. Um, And then I started blogging when I was at university as a bit of an outlet. And from there, I started designing blog templates. Um, And at first, just did them for myself. And then when blogging became a bit more of a, a popular thing to be doing, obviously, there's so many people doing it about five years ago. I started to create them for friends who were blogging and then eventually set up a little Etsy store to sell those designs. Um, so that was whilst I was working full-time in digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And then after, I would say about a year and a half, maybe two years of working full-time, I was made redundant from my job. And at that point, I decided to just go straight in with the business and took it full-time. Um, that was about 
three years ago, just over three years ago, and it was 100% just a, oh, I'll give it a go, uh, see what happens, and yeah, it it went well, so here I am today, three years later. Yeah, well, it seems to be going really well, so you've made the right choice. Uh, yeah, well, I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> and are you enjoying it so far? Would you? Is, is there any kind of, any part of you that would want to go back to a steady nine to five, or is... Is that a long kind of forgotten thing now? That's a very interesting question. Um, I I would say, I mean, I absolutely love what I do. And I think anyone, you must know yourself, anyone who's self-employed, um, you kind of do need that love for it to keep it going. I yeah, think without absolutely. that, yeah, I think because we end up, um, it, it kind of takes up your brain, doesn't it? And so if I wasn't enjoying it, I think switching over to a nine to five would be more beneficial because obviously you can leave your laptop at work and um call it a day there but yeah I absolutely love what I do and I have done ever since I started doing it and I would like to think that it's something I can carry on doing long term so yeah I think the nine to five is gone for me I would I would hope (laughs) (laughs) and what does a typical day look like for you do you work from home I do um I do mostly work from home I have in the few years that I've been working I've kind of gathered a lovely group of um, friends who also work for themselves and so every now and then I will go um, out into Manchester which is where I live and work in one of the cafes there alongside my friends um, but mostly it's working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, typical day is not going to make me sound very interesting I'm not going to lie um, it's mostly <laughs> me crouched over a laptop and furiously typing code or whatever it is that I'm doing. Um, I also have a dog who I take out for walks every now and then. Um, but yeah, it, it really is just a lot of me and a laptop chained together. I think it's uh, that's the case for most people, really. I mean, if your work is computer-based, then that's kind of what you do, isn't it? A hundred percent. And I think um, it's it's easy to kind of glamorise you know, oh, we can we can do all these things. We have so much freedom, um, but especially so, especially over the past few months, I've had quite a lot of work to be doing, and so when things have to get done, they have to get done. Um, I do also like I make sure that I take a lot of breaks because obviously it's not good to be in front of a screen all day, um, and I also slowly. So when I started working for myself full time, it was very much taking advantage of that freedom. So I'd lying until like 11 o'clock in the morning um I would work really late at night I'd kind of really take that freedom side of things um for granted um but I think that it can really have a negative effect on you as a person Mm. like mental health wise and um just having a bit of a strange routine I think it's not very good for you and so slowly I have kind of switched back to that more nine to five way of working you know I try and get up early um work early in the day and then finish a bit earlier so you have Um, the evenings to yourself oh yeah and I I definitely feel like finishing a little bit earlier has been the trick for me um to switching off in the evenings because I think if you work until eight o'clock at night uh, chances are that when you go to bed a little you know a few hours later those things that you were thinking about whilst you were working are still going to be ticking around in your head. Um, so if I can finish a bit earlier in the afternoon and then give myself a while to relax, uh, it means that I can leave work behind, leave it on my desk and focus on things like my dog and Netflix. 
And do you work at weekends or is that strictly kind of your time? Weekends, I do not work and it's been um, a conscious but difficult transition. Uh, I think I used to, so I'd say for the first year and a half of working for myself full time, um, I worked every single weekend and I can't believe like I can't believe I did that now because yeah. I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it used to be every Saturday and Sunday I would just be working as I would have been during the week. Um, but yeah, I've definitely tried to stop that since working. I worked with a business coach um, about halfway through my business journey and she really helped me to switch my mindset when it came to my working week. Um, and since then, so straight away, since my first coaching session, um, I haven't worked a weekend since then. Oh, that's amazing. So you've made that switch and you, you, you haven't kind of looked back really. Yeah. And I think you do have to, you've got to give like, yourself time, haven't you off? Because otherwise you do kind of end up just working or nonstop really. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And it, you don't, you kind of like have a hazy line between your week days and weekends because if you're just working all the time there's no difference so I think it's nice to have that switch off and yeah I, ha- I do have to force myself sometimes not to be checking my emails and oh I'll just do this little task um, yeah it's easily yeah. done yeah yeah 100% mm. I wanted to go back a little bit you've mentioned obviously that you um designed blog templates for your friends and stuff and for yourself how did you learn to do that, I suppose? Do you, did you have any kind of experience in that uh, prior to that or was that something that you just kind of learned as you as you went? Um, it was kind of a bit of both. So as I mentioned, when I was a bit younger, um, because of MySpace, which was my favourite thing when I was 14, um, I taught myself how to code through that so I could have the coolest looking MySpace profile. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what everyone wanted at age 14. Obviously. <laughs> I could like make it, make it rain on my, oh. uh, yeah, I was very cool. <laughs> the <back> ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I had a bit of coded knowledge and because I was quite creative, I was, um, I guess I had a, an eye for design. I'd say it wasn't necessarily experience. Um, and so I kind of just wanted to tweak. It was gradual on my own blog. I just wanted to tweak a few things every now and then and the more that I did that for myself I kind of got used to the way things worked in the back end of mm. websites um, and it was kind of combining that with the design like creativity um, and bringing those things together to make these templates and like I say I did it for myself first for quite a few months um, before I, I thought I could branch out and start giving them to other people or selling them um and it was I think I put quite a few hours into that as well you know I remember staying up quite late after working and trying to figure out the code on on templates or trying to learn new little skills um yeah yeah. and with regards to the code and learning that um all the way back when you were 14 and stuff was that done via the internet or what how, how did you learn it yeah um I think it was just a lot of Googling and yeah. a lot of trying to, like I say, because I did maths at university because I was quite uh, mathematical and logical when I was younger, I guess that side of things clicked a bit better with yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so it was a combination of, of skills, really, which is quite interesting if you think about it. Um, 
No, I find it, yeah, I find it fascinating because I remember learning a little bit of code when I was younger as well. Um, Mm. I don't remember that much, but I I can kind of go into the back end of WordPress and if I need to tweak a couple of bits, I probably could, but I'd probably Mm -hmm. need to Google a few things here and there. But but I I think I have that kind of logical way of looking at things in in the same way as, as you've kind of described, I suppose. But yeah, I was just really fascinated in as to how you kind of learnt it because it's a massively valuable skill actually because everybody needs a website these days and um, WordPress can be a little bit confusing for people. So yeah, yeah, and any any, I mean, most people have a website. It's it's rare that if you run a business, you don't have a website. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. I think also people really like to have control over things. So anything they want to be doing. I mean, I'm like this especially. I would rather someone told me how to do something and then I could do it myself. Oh, yeah, totally. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, so even like like you say, a little bit of coding knowledge um, can really help you take that control over things like your website. Yeah, and um, do you prefer, do you have a preference over WordPress or Squarespace or is there? Oh, um, I always say it depends on who I'm working with. So at my website is on Squarespace just because I find it quite, uh, easy to use and to keep updated mm-hmm. um but I I love both in in different ways <laughs> so you work with both yeah I design on both WordPress and Squarespace and I I always say it depends on whether you want something really simple and easy to edit uh which Squarespace is perfect for yeah, or if you need some really um you know bulky features uh things like events or booking people tickets uh then wordpress is great for that for a bit more of a I don't know, there's more, more functions you can use i suppose yeah yeah and hence the more confusing back end i guess <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> i remember when i was trying to install um a template for my website the template looked amazing when i bought it <laughs> and then i tried to install it and it all just went to absolute just uh, yeah it was completely everything had shifted and I was trying to work out what had happened and it, it took me a good two days I think of kind of pulling my hair out um to, to get it to <laughs> yeah. look how I oh no it. a lot of them are like that for me as well I think I sometimes just looking at other people's sort of work that they've done it's like I have no idea what you've done here but <laughs> I will try my best <laughs> <laughs> right um so I wanted to talk about the design process um so when a client kind of comes to you and they want to um, say they, they want to have the whole branding done what does that process look like from start to finish yeah um so before I start working with a client uh, we do I always have this little spiel where I say it's like homework but hopefully more fun um, and it's basically a deep dive into them as a person their brand the people they want to work with uh, their ambitions for the future you know everything that comes with a brand you know I think people um, sometimes think that branding is just a logo or just mm-hmm. a color palette or something like that. Um, but actually, a lot of thought goes into creating that logo, that color palette, everything else that comes with it to be perfect for that person. And I think it's a really good mix between the person who's working behind the brand and the people they want to attract. So I do try and do a hell of a lot of research on that before we get started. Um, I ask people to send over some inspiration, you know, if they have some colours that they love in particular. Um, I always ask people, like, what's your favourite colour or what colour have you painted 
the last room that you worked on or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of work before we start and then I kind of just jump into it and I'll do loads of, I sometimes do tens or hundreds of different <laughs> logo iterations or whatever I'm working on to make sure that I can get something that's perfect for the person I'm working with. And it's a lot of sort of back and forth between, okay, I'll make something and then switch back to the brand discovery sort of process and think, does it match up with what we've looked into? Um, And it's a lot of ticking around in my head, uh, a lot of sketching out on paper, scanning in, you know, working on Illustrator. There's so many different things. I think one thing I absolutely love about what I do is that I've never worked on two projects that have been the same or even similar really yeah it, it's, so, yeah it comes through I think on your Instagram and stuff when you look through all of the work that you've done is it is very varied and and yet consistent in a way it's a it's a strange one isn't it but I suppose you develop a style over time yeah definitely it's like with um with anything you know you always want your own style to be throughout all the work you do but on, you know, on the other side, you also have to work directly with clients to make sure that what you're doing fits perfectly with them and, and is something that they love. So there is a real balance between those two sides of things. So it's kind of what what I like and what they like. But I think at first I've, it was very much, oh, I like that font, I'll use that font. I like that colour, mm-hmm. I'll use that colour. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I've sort of grown into my business and what I do I think I can strike the balance more between what they really need for their brand um which I think is great and it's really something that I've I've worked on trying to create like I said at the beginning really really personal designs that my my whole thing is like I want people to look at the stuff I've done and the person I've done it for and think oh my god it's so you and yeah, yeah. Um, I I do I'm glad that comes through um because it's it's very important to me and it's the way that I think I just love to work now, like I say, making everything different and really personal. Mm. Yeah, and reflecting the kind of the values of the brand as well, I suppose, because that's that's a really important one. Yeah, definitely. You want to, I think you get a feeling, you get sort of an energy from looking at someone's brand and you want that to immediately have the, the best first impression and you want to know exactly what someone does straight away. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it just reminded me, it's kind of a separate topic, really. <laughs> uh, but on your Instagram, I you, your one of your highlights is bullet journaling. And mm. I remember looking through it a while back. Um, obviously, it totally makes sense that that's what you do, because the pages that you've created look really kind of well designed and very um, pretty. Um, how do you use your journal? And is that something that kind of you use on a regular basis? Oh, well, thank you very much for the pretty comments. It's very nice of you to say. <laughs> um, I use my bullet journal every day. It's actually sat beside me right now. Um, I struggle to think what I would do without it. I think it's kind of like my brain on paper. Yeah. Um, so if you if you haven't seen the the highlights on my Instagram, the way I lay it out is I do a double page spread every week and on one side I have all like my appointments or meetings on the other side I have like daily tasks for my business so things like writing blog posts or scheduling social media whatever that entails and then in the middle I put all of my client projects and everything I need to do in that week for each one of those Um, and the reason I think a lot of people who use a bullet journal or I mean obviously most normal journals are laid out daily 
which means that you can set certain tasks per day. Um, but when I first started doing it, I thought that was a bit too restrictive for me. I have something in my brain where if I have a list of things to do for a day and I don't do it, I just feel like the biggest failure in the world. <laughs> and so um, that kind of way of working just didn't work for me. And instead, writing out projects, I can kind of pick and choose. Or I'll do that today. Mm-hmm. I can do that and then get the bits ticked off that I know I can do. Yeah, um, no. Yeah, it makes sense. I have, I use a weekly planner. I have a bullet journal, but I kind of, it's definitely not as nice as yours. <laughs> um, but I kind of use it for just notes and that kind of stuff. But I have a weekly planner that I, so I write out all the bits that I need to be doing, but I do, it's one of those things. If you don't have time one day, I kind of switch it to the next and it's a bit more flexible in that sense. So like you say, it, it doesn't put that pressure on you. Um, if you haven't done it, then you, you know, you feel yeah, like you, can, you haven't you achieved as switch much. switch it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And I also say, so um, I make mine look nice on purpose because that's the kind of person I am. You know, I need everything to look <laughs> No, but look it's, really nev- nice. it's nice because it makes you want to use it more, doesn't it? It's kind of a, a nice space for you to kind of uh, jot a few things down and stuff. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, it, is, it does make it nicer and um, more fun to use. But I do say with bullet journaling, I'm a big advocate for, for bullet journaling, and I think... Um, just do it sort of whatever way suits you. You know, if you just need to scribble down some to-do lists, um, then do it that way. If you want to make it look, um, you know, the, you've seen the ones on Pinterest, which have got like 20 different colors of washi tape and, you know, <laughs> 10 different pens. Um, I think just do it the way that suits you and the way you work. Um, yeah. And that's what I've done. Yeah, no, it looks great. So everyone should have a quick look at that on your mm-hmm. in your highlights. Um so I wanted to talk about your podcast. How long have you been doing that now? Um, so I started the podcast, I think, last September. So just over a year. So okay. just a year, yeah, year and a couple of months. Yeah, and how are you finding it? I love it. Um, I have to say, so it's definitely a hobby for me. I think at the time when I started it, I, there were a couple of things I wanted to achieve. So I wanted to meet more people and chat to more people who were doing similar things to me it was a time when um, I didn't really know that many people who were doing or who were self-employed or running their own online business Um, Manchester where I am has become much more of a hub for that kind of thing since or at least I've discovered it since but I at the time I just didn't have that many people to chat to so I wanted to meet people and I also wanted to learn a new skill so I thought learning sort of audio editing would be something that I could you know get my teeth into and and try it out and also I just loved podcasts and I was like yeah I'll give that a go yeah um so yeah I I still love it I think we're we're still going I'm now on season three um, and I'm planning a bit of a switch in the content early next year so that'll be interesting for me to try something different can you give us a little bit of a hint as to what that might be or is that still strictly Oh, yeah, I'm terrible at keeping secrets, so that's fine. <laughs> um, I'm just going to do a season of solo episodes where I talk about, uh, so my podcast is The Creative Leap. It's talking about how to take your hobby and turn it into a job. And I want to do a series of kind of, they'll be like blog posts, but podcasts mm-hmm. about how to start from the hobby and take it to your job. And it'll be kind of a step-by-step and hopefully some helpful advice that people can can use yeah yeah that sounds great that's a that's a really good idea I think it's quite nice to 
change it up a bit because I think over time it can feel a little bit I'm not I'm not kind of referring to your content in general but obviously as I record this as well it's um it's quite nice to yeah change things up a bit every now and then I think yeah I think it keeps you motivated I think in in everything you do um you know whatever streams of your business maybe become a bit more of a chore um I think switching it up in a way can bring back the fun and the, the motivation to do things yeah but also I think if you're really used to the way you do things it can you can become a little bit lazy I suppose in the in the way that you do things because you're so used to the format so actually switching things up can be um yeah you can you can kind of discover new kind of ways of doing stuff I suppose yeah definitely yeah that's so true Mm. and so for those because I've spoken to quite a few people lately who want to start their own podcast but just the same as I was um a while back I, I didn't really know where to start and the kind of technology side of things scared me a little bit I wasn't sure exactly what I would need um do you have any tips for those who might want to start their own podcast but don't actually know what they need to be doing yeah sure I mean I think I was similar to you when I started mine I thought I need all this equipment um I'm gonna have to get a really fancy microphone and some editing software um but honestly if you have some headphones and a laptop you can start a podcast and I think as long as you've got something you're really passionate um, about talking about and you you know what you want to do and talk about going into it you really don't need all the high-tech stuff you know to to push it forward I think it's it is actually a lot easier to start a podcast than people think yeah um, yeah no I've, I've found that too but it was I think it was that unknown that felt very um off-putting in a way because I just wasn't sure how exactly I was meant to do it and um yeah, I think um, I had the idea of having to buy software and stuff for editing, but actually I've ended up using um, stuff that I have here on my iMac and it works absolutely fine. Yeah, and I use um, what do I, I use Audacity for my Yeah, that's one editing. of the recommended ones, yeah. Yeah, which was free to, to use and like say I've, I've actually reverted back at first I did buy a microphone and use that for all my interviews but now I just use my headphones because I just think it's easier and I'm just chatting to people on Skype and I don't want the pressure of having to worry about oh is the microphone working okay is it positioned in the right place um, I'd rather it just be a bit more casual and and more of a, a chat. Yeah it's funny how having a microphone in front of you can make you feel a lot more nervous <laughs> yeah oh yeah so true and it's like oh god I have to get it right now I've paid for this microphone and yeah it's I, I do think just dive in and also try not to compare yourself to your favorite podcast because the ones you listen to have probably been going for a while and they'll have it all figured out and you know have more of a professional setup just because they've been doing it for so long yeah. so just go into it with whatever suits you and I think this this seems to be my mantra for for everything <laughs> but yeah you do you sort of thing yeah no absolutely and I think it takes a while to get used to it and kind of ease ease yourself into it so I think that's important to remember as well is that the first few interviews might be I mean I was really nervous and mm-hmm. and I know you can tell um but it's just one of those things you you know I had to get them out of the way there was no other way of practicing really other than just recording so yeah, and I also think, actually, when you do, when you start doing your interviews, you think, oh, God, I sounded awful through that, you know, stuttering my words, I sounded so nervous. 
But then listening back, um, even if you kind of, I think a good tip is if you feel that way, wait a week before you edit it and then go back to it. And I find that usually when you listen back, it's like, oh, actually, I didn't sound anywhere yeah. near as bad as I yeah, thought I exactly. did. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, that, yeah, definitely. So I wanted to talk about um, taking time off work. I know that uh, this past September you took the whole month off. Is that that's about right, isn't it? Yes, I did. I took the whole month off. You're right. Yeah. And so how did you plan for that? Um, so I had to plan it in quite early. So part of my um, the way I work is that I tend to book my projects in a few months in advance. Uh, so I think around April, I thought, okay, this year I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a full month off. Um, I didn't actually know at the time, but I had a really, really busy summer. So it's a good job that I did <laughs> actually plan this in. Um, but, yeah, so I put it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I put it in nice and early. I put the whole month sort of blocked it off in my calendar um and yeah I just kind of built up to it from there so all the projects I booked in were before or after I made sure I didn't have any work to do then and the ones that I had to do before I made sure they finished with plenty of time for me to finish them off for the month Mm -hmm. and then another tip which I know it's not something that everyone can do but I do think it's a good thing if you can is I booked a trip away um because I thought if I was away I wouldn't be tempted to work as much as I would have done if I was just sat at home. I find time off when I'm at home really difficult. Um, I'm so tempted to, like I said before, it's kind of like weekends. I'm so tempted to just sit down and do a bit of work. Um, But yeah, I do struggle to relax if I'm at home. So I went away as well. Um, But yeah, I think mostly it's planning in advance. And actually this coming year for 2019, um, I'm going to sit down at the beginning of the year and plan all of my holidays for the upcoming year. And then at least I know they're there and I know that I have to take the time off because I won't be booking work then. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really smart. And how about um, how about the emails and stuff that were coming in? Did you just have a daughter response on to say you'll be back in October or how did that work? Yeah, so I, um, I hired uh, a VA to help me out just for the month just checking emails and um actually I kind of let people know before as well so people who are like past clients or people who I was going to be working with afterwards um I made sure that they knew that I was going to be away and so I didn't get a lot of emails anyway but I guess um having someone there just in case was a bit of a comfort blanket for me that is such a good idea (laughs) yeah and there's loads of people who work you know just on a temporary basis you don't have to hire someone uh, long term so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's really quite, good for me yeah I think virtual VAs are quite um becoming a lot more common um these days so yeah just people who just kind of work on small projects and stuff mm-hmm. not necessarily on a permanent basis like you say that's that's a not such a good idea and I actually never really considered it <laughs> so I'd yeah. end up still emailing people back as I was on holiday because I just thought oh I'll just get it done quickly but then, <laughs> yeah but then as soon as you do it that's your mind on work then yeah and you're not actually having that time off yeah that's mm-hmm. a brilliant idea so moving on to social media um how so, so would you say Instagram is your kind of main favorite platform or is there anything else that you use yeah, I think Instagram is the main one, definitely. I'm also a big fan of Pinterest, um, but things like, I think it's because they're visual, so that course, works yeah. the way I work. Mm-hmm. Um, things like Twitter and Facebook, I kind of leave to, I don't, I'm not very good at either of those, which is, which is fine, <laughs> which I've learned is fine. 
but yeah instagram is definitely the main one and with regards to pinterest is that something that brings in a lot of traffic for you it does yeah and even from um past like blog posts that i wrote say like a year and a half ago i still get quite a lot of traffic from there i did um the melissa griffin pinterest course i think oh gosh i can't remember what it's called but i can find out yeah, that rings a bell. yeah i'll pop that pop, pop a link in the show notes uh, yeah and that was really helpful for me um I think just I think people forget that Pinterest can be so powerful like you say it can get so much traffic and I do get people getting in touch with me like I say with, from work that I did ages ago so that's why I like that one as well yeah no it is amazing and I, I know of quite a few bloggers and stuff who get most of their traffic through Pinterest so it's definitely something that I think should be looked at it's something that I'm kind of working on at the moment but only kind of it's, it's still kind of early days I would say um, yeah. so it's just figuring out how to market your or promote your own pins best I suppose mm-hmm. yeah definitely so I wanted to talk about the DIY design school that you've recently kind of introduced um how did the idea come about and what does it entail exactly um, yeah, so I had the idea, I've had it in my head for quite a while, actually, I didn't know in what form it would be, but I had some sort of idea that I wanted to do some sort of design tips for people in business and people who wanted to design for themselves. Um, and then earlier in the year, I made the decision that I wanted to work slightly less on client work. Uh, so I, the aim is that I'm only working with one client at a time. I'm kind of transitioning at the moment. Mm-hmm. And because of that, obviously, I, I can work with less people. And so I would love to be able to reach more people with, like I say, design tips and helping them create things for themselves. So I sat down properly and thought about it in my month off uh, in September. And that, that was kind of my aim, to have it all planned in my head for when I got back. And it launched a few weeks ago now. And yeah, at the moment, it's kind of like a fortnightly newsletter that I send out with uh, what I hope is helpful design advice. Uh, The aim is so so like you could be your own designer. It's kind of like what we were saying before. Everyone likes the power to be able to do things for themselves. Uh, And that's my, my aim with DIY Design School. And I would love for it to grow at some point in the future for me to maybe do some workshops or, you know, things online and maybe courses I haven't quite have got it all figured out but basically I want to help people design for themselves yeah no that sounds great and do you think you might be able to teach code as well (laughs) I would love to I think what I'm one of my kind of struggling points at the moment is that so many people use so many different things like you said you've mentioned two website platforms already so WordPress and Squarespace but there's also, you know, people use Wix or yes, yeah. uh, Shopify, you know, there's so many different things that people can use. So, um, yeah, that's one of the things that I'm really trying to tackle at the moment. And you might be interested in next week's newsletter Ooh. if you're interested in code. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll keep an eye out for that. Um, so do you have any tips for those wanting to quit their nine to five or those who are just kind of starting their own business now? Yeah, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite giving this advice because, like I said, I was made redundant, so the uh, the choice was made for me. But um, I think one one thing that people don't often talk about is that when you are in the job, you're you know your full time nine to five, 
you have so many resources around you that you can make use of. You know, you're working alongside accountants or, you know, administrators or um, designers, you know, lots of different people who have different skills that you can learn from, all of which are really, really helpful when you start your own business. So I think chat to people around you, you know, you don't have to be really stealthy about it. You can say, oh, listen, you know, I do want to learn a bit more about accounting or I want to learn a bit more about marketing and really use those resources around you whilst you're in your job. Mm. And um, also just wait until you're ready. I think when you start a business, it's so easy to think, oh my God, I'm going to quit my job now and I'm really going to make a go of it. Um, but I I think it's it's really difficult at that point to know that that's what you want to do and to really push yourself to make it your full-time job. So take your time, find out where your space in the world is, you know, what, what do you want your business to be? And then you can start thinking about quitting your job. Yeah, I think it takes a while to figure out exactly what you want to be doing and what you're good at, I suppose, as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you never know when you start your own, you know, side hustle sort of thing. Um, it might be that you find part of what you're doing for, for one business Um you find that you're really good at you know people can think they want to be one thing and then find something else that they love and yeah I think you can do a really deep dive into being self-employed whilst you are not self-employed yeah no I think it's a great tip because I think it gives you that freedom to um, experiment in a way and just try different things out because it obviously once you've quit your job you've really got to make a go of it but whilst you've got that secure income coming in um you have got that luxury of of um yeah just being able to freely um experiment yeah definitely and also there's no harm in trying to save up a bit of cash before you uh you make the leap yeah (laughs) yeah definitely so um we're kind of coming to the end of the conversation but um I asked all of my guests two questions um What's a favourite book that you've recently read and would recommend? Oh, so, um, yeah, I think the latest book that I've read that I would really recommend, especially to people listening to this podcast, was How to Own the Room by Viv Groskop. Um, And it's kind of about public speaking and how to be really good at, and and it's aimed at women as well. So women and I think there's women and the art of brilliant speaking or something is the, um, the tagline. And I'm not a person who's great, you know, you think, oh, you've got a podcast, (laughs) but I would not say that I'm a natural speaker. And so any advice that I can get to become better at that, I think, is very welcome. And each chapter of the book gives you a kind of a different tip into how you can be a better speaker. And, you know, I'm not, it's not going to make me be a, do a TED talk or whatever, but, you know, it might make me more confident when I'm talking to clients or it might make me. Uh, be able to speak to new people a bit better and yeah I'd really recommend that to anyone who would like to be better at speaking in general yeah that's definitely something I struggle with actually particularly when it's obviously recording a podcast is slightly different but when it's public speaking it's it's a completely different ball game and I think um yeah that's definitely something that I need to read but actually um I'm pretty certain the author was on Sarah Tasker's podcast very recently uh, and that yes. was a really, yeah, that was a really interesting conversation. So I'd recommend people check that out as well. Yeah, um, definitely. That's really good. Um, so who would you like to hear interviewed on the podcast? I mean, I have to say um, I'm her biggest cheerleader. So it would be my 
coach and friend, uh, Jen Carrington. She's not, I've checked for, so I think, yeah, she would be great. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Amazing. So are you still coaching with Jen now? Uh, No, we're we're good friends now. So she helped me transform my business. Um, Like if you've listened to even one episode of my podcast, you'll know that I harp on about her all the time. Um, (laughs) So yeah, she's great. And she also has her own podcast, which is brilliant. So yeah, it is. No, I I listened to that as well. And obviously she has one with Sarah Tasker as well. Uh, Yeah, that's another good one to check out. (laughs) Yeah, brilliant. Perfect. On that note, when, where can people find you? Yeah, so like I said, Instagram is my place. So my handle is Gatto Web, so it's G-A-T-T-O, which is Italian for cat, by the way. Ah, okay, <laughs> right. That's where the name comes from. Yeah, that's the, the whole thought process behind the name. Um, and then my website is the same, so it's GattoWeb.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Oh, it's been so lovely speaking to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too. I'll see you next week.